0: Coming to you live from the cross country mortgage campus in Berea, Ohio. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bat. coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura.
1: All right, let's do it live on a Monday edition of the program. Merely Bo Tivus Powell here with me in studio as we kick it off on a Monday. And the amount of steps in life that it would have taken for you and I to be sitting right here—I mean, just go back. What was what it? Spring 2015. It was after you guys won the Natty.
2: Yes, that's so it. So,
1: spring 2015, a bright-eyed MVP. Walks into at the time the CBS affiliates newsroom in Columbus, Ohio for an internship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure I schooled you at horse or pig, one of the two. I feel whoa, like that's whoa. the way I see, remember that.
2: See, that's sad that you out here clout <laughs> chasing like that. You would have <laughs> never beat me. Actually, we the, did play, but the, I, the time that I came around, we were doing the Memorial Day tournament. No,
1: we no, were, the Memorial tournament. You were interned with us the whole spring, though. Yeah, I was. Yeah, we went out once and went went shooting. I did not fare well. No. I didn't shoot well. No. Sad. It's really if we, sad if, display. And we play pick. I probably dunk all the time. Just because You I'm, can't do that. Why That's not, not, why? That goes against all policy. That's not true. I mean, like if I'm playing my eight year old and I do that, you no, you got to all be able to make the same type of shots. You can go left hand, right hand. You can't do dunk. Bo. Then I would do have to do like a layup version it of so, a dunk.
2: It sounds like to me that you're admitting to the listeners that you're not athletic enough to
1: dunk a basketball. I'm a man, I'm 40. I'm barely athletic enough to get up the stairs. You, do you think, what are you talking about? Do you think Michael Jordan can still dunk? Do I look like Michael Jordan, sir? You got something there. I mean, <laughs> what are we talking about? So the, the idea, though, that here we'd be all these years later. Yeah. life. Comes here we progress. are at the I... Browns facility doing Cleveland Browns Daily on a Monday edition. Man. You doing well? I am doing fantastic. You know, yeah. I hear you had a wonderful weekend. I thought a lot of hoops. I'm a little uh, jealous. <clears throat> You'll get it soon enough. You'll get it soon enough. The girl's going to come along. They're going to be want to be into sports. Who's going to coach them? You. You're going to coach them.
2: No, my wife says she's going to – because, you know, my wife played basketball in mm-hmm. high school. She yep. was really good at it, and, yeah, she's going to force it on them. I'm not. No, she won't. I'm They'll not a fan, it.
1: but she's going to force it on them. They're going to pick it their own. You know why? Because your kids are interested in what you're in.
2: That's true. So that is true.
1: That's They, they go to – I had somebody tell me that once. It was the best – I was on a golf course out in California – And he was watching his son uh, on the driving range. I'm like, God, I'd love for the boys to get into golf. And he's like, well, make them. And I go, what do you mean? Make them. I'm not making them do anything. He goes, your kids are interested in what you're interested in. So if you go golf, they'll want to golf. Because when they're little, they want to do whatever you do. That is true. So you're out shooting hoops. They're out shooting hoops. Well, oh, you know, that's
2: funny because now I got a – you know you get the little hoop and you put it on the back of the door? Yes. So I get those and I'm always shooting at the house. And yep. my daughter picks – my oldest picks up the ball and she passes it to me all the time. So I shoot and then she say, pick me up so she could dunk. So she's into
1: it. She's definitely Your oldest into it. is how old? She's two. Okay. Um, best advice I ever got um, from Satch Sullinger, legendary coach at Columbus, uh, mm-hmm. Northland. His son, uh, Jared, was a two-time All-American at Ohio State. When the boys were little, he his piece of advice was this, and I, I tell it to anybody who will listen if they want if their if their kids are going to play hoops or anything, he said never let them when they're little like six and under, don't let them shoot on a hoop they can't touch, and don't ever let them play with a ball that's too big, because what happens is if you do that if you like make little kids shoot on high hoops, what do they got to do? They got to bring it from here. Mm-hmm. So the form screwed up. Yeah. So if you if they can touch the rim, they can shoot it correctly. And it'll go all the way through. So hmm. small ball when they're little, short hoop. I'm about to low. So they can touch it. I'm about to go home and lower it a little tight. That's it. Today. Yeah, get it low <laughs> so she can dunk, dunk and and shoot straight. That way, that'll that'll keep that forming. That was sad. He knows a little bit about it. He's a good man. Um, what did you What did you make of the uh, the Pro Bowl games
0: oh.
3: at large?
2: You know what? I thought that I wasn't going to like it. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I'm like, man, they're taking the competitive edge out of it. It's a historic game that everybody knows and grew up with. But I was a fan. I was a fan, Bo. I know you probably don't feel no, the same way. No, no, no.
1: I, I have a feeling that uh, – now, I haven't seen ratings yet. So, I'm waiting oh, on I don't those. think the ratings was high. I don't think a so, lot of people watched it. So, the Thursday night was the, was the highest rated – it was interesting how, like, tabled it, but it was the highest rated original uh, sports programming for that night. Mm-hmm. So I, does that like disqualify NBA games because they're not original because they're on all the time? I didn't understand that part of it. I think it would. Actually. I would think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. So it felt like there was a lot of qualifiers and then I didn't see the actual number. I'm waiting to see what the numbers are Sunday. Um, what I said last week, and I think it'll I think it's going to hold true is this. This was better, but will be less watched. And the reason for that is, you want people. We are used to turning on a television and seeing football. Mm-hmm. We see helmets and pads and jersey. We go, oh, it's football. I'll, I'll hang out. Yeah. If you jumped in on that yesterday, that don't look like football. Not at all.
2: They was right? I, I mean, if you watch the the flag football game, yeah. I mean, they were out there pretty much going 75% on routes and stuff like that. It still was competitive, but to me, as a former player, I look at it like, obviously, it's more safer. Yeah. It's it's more fun. If you think about this, kids, when you were a kid or mm-hmm. you were coming up in high school, you had to do like seven-on-sevens, one-on-one. Oh, yeah. That's all this essentially it's is. all of us. So now these players is having flashbacks. Oh, man, I remember when I used mm-hmm. to do seven-on-seven, seven, we used to do this and that. So to me, it was just a bunch of players out there Looking like high
1: school kids again and having fun with it. It was um Yeah, I mean there was there was that part of it. It looked like gym class. Um it looked a little bit there was some of the stuff that looked like, you know, uh Ninja Warriors. The yeah, yeah, you know, like <laughs> the one that Tessator and those guys when they fall in the water and all that. There was a little bit of that vibe to it. Um I think that there it's a tough needle to thread. It is. Because it's a violent sport, mm-hmm. it's a contact sport. And you can't really half-ass it. Mm-hmm. If you do, you get hurt. You can get hurt. And especially if some are and some aren't. Yeah, You're going to have – I mean, Sean Taylor. He was not. He was not percent around. Every He's all time. in. Yeah. So you almost have to have an agreement that we're going to go 75% and kind of go through it. But I asked Joe Thomas about this a couple of weeks ago. I said, well, how hard is it to, like, gauge what percentage you're going to go? Like, if you're a defensive end and I'm a tackle – And, like, we come to an agreement, like, we're not going all in. Like, you'd get the sack for starters. But let's say that that was the case, and I was like, hey, like, let's easy here, right? This is just an exhibition. Nobody needs to get hurt. But then all of a sudden, you get a little close to my quarterback. Do you amp it up? And then I'm like, oh, then I got to respond? Yeah,
2: that's pretty much how it goes. Because if I'm playing wide, if I'm at corner, and I'm going up against a wide receiver, you're like, hey, man, we're going 75% today. And he goes out there and he routes me up on the on a route. Now it's like, oh no, see, now, now we too late. it up. Now it's, instead of 75, I'm going 85. That's now right. you now we going back and forth. I'm jamming you at the line, now he's gonna turn it up. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, we out there going hundred percent.
1: That's the thing that makes it hard. Um you we were talking about the kids. So my kids loved it. They, they watched looked, it Thursday, mm-hmm. loved it. They were all into like tr- where the quarterbacks were hitting on the targets. They yeah. were all dialed into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday we had a little bit of time in between all the games where I was able to watch that and, and just to see how it was going. And they were into it. Like they were into the competitions. They they were kind of yeah. glued to it. They were kind of fired up. And usually this time of year, they're all hoops in terms of what they watch on sports, but that get, did get their attention in a way that I don't think the game would. Yeah. Um, I, I think is this
2: is more tailored for kids because Kids get to see their favorite athletes. Like like for example, Miles Garrett. I mean, who we knew Miles was athletic, but mm-hmm. the way he was jumping up over the wall and getting under the little thing, yeah. like that's that's impressive. You know, that's more fun. You get to see these athletes be athletes. You get to see the true athleticism in some of these players because a lot of people see D linemen or D tackles and be like, Oh, that guy's big. He can't yeah. move like that. But you put him in an event or a course where they have to uh, showcase their their athleticism then it's like oh man i didn't even know he could move like that so it's more interesting i think kids would be more into it than than the average fan
1: you know the other thing you hit on there that i think was probably really effective uh you said i could see mm-hmm. no helmets yeah so now you like you know like who see. You, you know who your guy you know who is, your guy is. Yeah. like you know like Now you can see, because honestly, most of my kids' knowledge of football comes from Madden. Yeah. That's how they know the rosters. That's how they know. Every team. That's it. Like 2K, (laughs) that, that Kyrie Irving trade. over the weekend yeah my I'm I'm like going through it and they 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 only send Kyrie from the standpoint of how good of a player he is and like Parker my nine-year-old's like Spencer Dinwiddie dad (laughs) and then he was like telling me like who the other starting five was on the Mavs and he's like well they still have such and such and I'm like who is that how do you I don't know I go how do you know the Mavs starting five and it's because of 2k play that game all the time that game did it land for you Gibby did you like the Pro Bowl
4: I, I told you, Thursday night, I was fine with a little water balloon toss. Yeah. It was something different. Yeah. I, it, but it was a background. It I, was. I, I, I watched the highlights. Uh, I did not watch it live yesterday. I, I was doing other things. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was not top of mind until I got a notification that Miles Garrett went down. And then I was like, mm. uh, "Oh," w- with no context. Mm. There's just a notification. And I'm like, well, all right this will ruin my weekend. Let's go see what this is about.
1: I was lucky enough that I was not watching when that happened. And by the time I saw it, it was already that it wasn't catastrophic. Correct. So if I were watching it live in the moment, and now that I've seen like the, the replay of it, I mean, that's how, that's how the, I mean, they used to play the game in the sand in Hawaii. Do you Mm -hmm. remember this Robert? Mm -hmm. Do you know Robert Edwards? Do you remember this story? No, I don't know Robert Edwards. Robert Edwards was a running back out of Georgia who had a, damn good rookie year with New England mm-hmm. and was a Pro Bowler. I want to say even a 1,000 yards, something like that. They played at that time, they would play the game, but on Saturday, they did like kind of like the NBA did. They did like an All-Star Saturday, Pro Bowl Saturday thing. Yeah. Okay, like skills competition like stuff.
2: The, they do the long toss with the quarterbacks. They do the, uh, th- the 315, who can mm-hmm. bench you the most. Yeah, I remember that.
1: So, one of the events was a beach football game. And Robert Edwards was in the beach football game. And his knee crashed like it wasn't a compound yeah like his entire lower leg was twisted okay so he's in the beach and it just his knees shredded and then they obviously don't ever play that again he I don't remember if he ever played again I know that there was a settlement that I want to say there was a settlement between the NFL and him on a was he liability? Like, was he like going hard when this happened? I mean, one? they were playing hard. I mean, it was a it was, but I mean, you're in the beach. Yeah, not like not. you can't be playing no football. I on the beach. Yeah, I
2: wouldn't. That was not a great idea. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Not at all.
1: Wow. I don't recall if he ever played again. It feels like he went through a lot of rehab. Maybe he did play a little bit, but he missed he, like a he, full year.
4: He had a cup of coffee with the Dolphins in 2002, a couple of years after it all went down. Yeah, and then. He was with the Montreal Alouettes and the Toronto Argonauts. So he did get a yeah, rehabbed. And done in, done by 07.
2: That's unfortunate.
4: He was on the all-rookie team in the NFL in 98.
1: Yeah. And it was in that year when it happened. I I wanted to say that there was a lawsuit. I wanted to say that he got some. I wonder if that can He look got it right. Up. I'm pulling it up right now. I want to see if there was. A video? Oh, the video you don't want to see.
2: I, I do, actually. No, I got no I got to <laughs> see it.
1: Yeah, he ran for 1,100 yards as a rookie. He was out four seasons uh, oh, after the injury. Him? Yeah, four seasons of football.
2: I mean, I felt like that when Willis McGay, he went down in the championship right. game. I said he yeah. was
1: done. He was a first round pick, so at least he got that. He got that cash. But I'm pretty sure that there was an injury settlement there. I don't see it anywhere on here. But that that's that's what I thought of when I when I saw the Miles thing. I mean, that's thankfully it was already rectified by the time I. By the time I became aware of it. Yeah. I mean, it's – it's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, it was on television, though. Like, that's like a fan image of it. Oh, he collided with somebody
2: going for a pass. Yeah, that looks bad. It was know? bad. I, didn't, I mean, he was, at, he was out four looked, seasons. I yeah. shouldn't have looked at it. You was right, Bob. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was a
1: bad deal, man. Really, really bad deal. But I, I – But so that was – that when that's always what you weigh in this is the injury part of it, right? Yeah, and they, and I think for the most part that's why you know
2: they tried to do a bunch of events that you know required nobody around them. Obviously, mm-hmm. when they was doing the courses, it was too. They had like ten yards within each other, so nobody could collide there. Um, I didn't think any of the events that they did in those courses were tough. Mm-mm. The only the one that I watched uh, before I was falling asleep was um. They was letting the linemen catch punts. Yeah. <laughs> who could catch the most that punts? Was fun. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Who, who would have known? You know, and I yeah. was I was telling my wife, I said, you know what? You can tell the guys who comes out to practice early. Because when I play, I used yeah. to the specialist always comes out, I think thir- kickers and returners come out thirty minutes because they have to catch punts mm-hmm. off the jugs or off the leg, off the foot. And I used to go out early because I used to stretch and have like this little routine I did. And one day I'm sitting there watching the return. Like, you know what? Teach me that. Let me let me see if I can catch this. <laughs> so they taught me, like, when the ball is in the air, you got to look at the nose of the ball. It's going to tear you which way it's going to drop. So I'm up there looking, there, and I'm like, oh, and I caught it. So I told my <laughs> wife, I said, listen, they ain't looking at the nose of the ball. <laughs> That's right. So it shows me Batonio has definitely been out there. He can call some
1: punts for sure. Well, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, like a lot of those guys in high school, maybe they did that.
4: Yeah, I mean, Batonio was an all-state basketball right. player. Yeah, yeah. Like, Yeah. He yeah. he did more than play offensive line in, in high school, I got a feeling.
2: Another th- you can sell how athletic people are. Who would have thought that Joel Batonio was that great of an athlete? Well, I he's... liked
4: it. I didn't think it was bad, but, I mean, it's not anything that I'm going to drop what I'm doing, but the Pro Bowl never was anything that I was going to drop what I was doing to watch.
2: Well, ever since Sean Taylor, RIP R. 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 to him, you know, once he's gone, it – it just hasn't been the same since. Well, it's
1: hard. It's so the other thing is, is the one thing that can solve all of this. And this is the same that anytime you talk about these all-star things, it's the same thing the NBA deals with at the dunk contest now, how they don't get anybody to be in it anymore. The only way that you're ever going to get like a true buy-in is financially motivating. Yep. That's it. So if you have, if you have a million dollars per player to the winner of the pro bowl, Oh, we got to win. You got a game. We got to win. this. You game. got a game. <laughs> I mean, I don't care how wealthy you are a million bucks is a million bucks. You're going to play hard. Um, and you'd get everybody in it. You wouldn't have quarterbacks playing golf that weekend. They'd be in that game trying to win it. So that's it, until until somebody does that part of it, it's going to be kind of what it was. I thought it was fine. Is it that
2: important to them to get, it, get people back to watching it?
1: Uh, no, See, because as, as people talk about it, I mean, here we are talking about it. We spent a lot of time this morning talking about it. It'll still probably do. My hunch is, what did I set it at? Six? I think I said right around six million. Because the, the Pro Bowl was seven last year. It was $6.9 million five, if they, if they can between five and six. Five, yeah. 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 So, I, I think I set the over under like five and a half million or something like that. If they get, been, if they do five and a half, six million, that's more than like the typical big college football game of the week does.
2: They're going to get more because people are going to tune in to see what it looked like. At least. You'll, we'll see. You'll I mean, at you, got you, got you should see have. What it like.
1: I would say you'd have an answer. I'm actually surprised we don't. Um, I guess I should look. Sports TV ratings always does a good job of putting this stuff up. I checked in it's this morning. It's not up
4: yet from what I can tell.
1: Yeah, I I have to. It's usually around this time of day where you get a little you usually get the weekend ratings.
2: And then I seen uh I seen Josh Jacobs come out and say he didn't like it. But then it was he a couple for it. Of, Yeah, it was a couple of players that kind of backed it, but I know Josh Jacobs was vocal. He said this
1: is not good at all. So, we'll see. It's you're trying to make, like I said, it's threading a hell of a needle because you want football. It's not critical to have football, though, because we're all waiting for this week, mm-hmm. you know. So that's that's kind of the tricky spot of it all is 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 that side of it. Um, we'll see. No ratings at this point yet on it. We'll see if it comes out. We have a uh, 215 today. A little Ask Tivus segment. You got uh, football questions for you. Uh Schematic questions for Mr. Powell. He can help you with that. We'll get to that coming up in the 2 o'clock hour of the program. Browns fans today through midnight on February 9th, head to the NFL.com slash FedEx, the NFL's official Twitter handle, or the NFL mobile app to cast your vote for Nick Chubb as a FedEx Ground Player of the Year. 2022 FedEx Aaron Ground NFL Players of the Year will be announced during the NFL honors on February Ninth. Coming up next, we go around the NFL. Our former defensive coordinator finds a home. It is Super Bowl week. It is all here. Big one on Sunday, obviously. We're off and running. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: New way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milk Bones, the Browns' newest pet for... Club, rather, for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Bo Bishop, Tyvus Powell with you as we head around the NFL. It is Super Bowl week, and this was interesting over the weekend. The NFL is considering banning hip drop tackles this offseason, according to NFL Chief Medical Officer Alan Sills. Uh, Can you explain to the audience what a hip drop tackle is so get, before we get into the issues, we may or may not have with it.
2: So a hip drop tackle is this: the the runner is has the ball. You go to make the tackle, and you wrap your arms around his waist, and then you kind of you know you fall down to the ground because you're trying to pull him down. That is considered a hip drop tackle because they they want to ban it because they saying that you're landing on their ankles and legs and stuff like that and
1: causing injury. So that's the one that they want to get rid of. Okay, so we've come a long way in tackling I'm a man I'm 40 you're considerably younger um so what we the the simple thing that we were taught when when I played was see what you hit yes okay so that was it so heads up tackling yep. it was see what you hit um, and tackle the ball yep so the idea yep. was put your helmet on the ball yep and have your eyes up and shoulder pads through and rip wrap and drive that's what we were taught mm-hmm how were you taught? Was it similar to that, or did, was, was there a different way about it? We was taught rugby-style
2: tackling. So uh, that's different. The Rugby-style tackling is all shoulders. You want to go through the thighs. Mm-hmm. You want to put the shoulder pad through the thighs. You want to wrap the thighs, and you want to drive for five is what they called it. Yes.
1: Did they the, – the rugby is still taught to this day. The mm-hmm. kids, it's something that's emphasized. But what they try to do now is they try to have the helmet opposite the ball. So, if the carrier has it in his left hand, they teach the helmet to be on the right side. I'm not a fan. So that the helmet's out of the contact.
2: I'm not a fan of that. I'm not either, but that's what, like, USA
1: football teaches that. So,
2: that's not the way that I was taught. We were taught that... You, put, you, you go wherever, it don't matter where the helmet goes, but you want to roll towards that side. So if you're going to tackle him, you're going to wrap the thighs, and if your head is on the right, you want to roll to the right. If it's yeah. on the left, roll left to get him down. You want to wrap and roll. Wrap and roll, it.
3: yeah.
1: So that's over the course of a 20-some-year period, mm-hmm. you have these various little different ways that are taught. I would just put it to you this way. I, I think this is going to be – Impossible to legislate.
2: Never. There, there's ne- This is never
1: going to happen. There's just no way that you're going to be able to leave it. These officials can't get it right the way that they are now, and now you're going to add another judgment call I mean, on it. Think about this. So we. Nick Chubb
2: has the ball, and I'm playing safety, and I'm running to go tackle Nick Chubb, and I wrap up. But he's going to keep driving his legs. Sure is. So my natural instinct is to drop my weight down to fall down so he can stop trying to run. You're telling me I can't do that anymore, so what am I going to do? Let them just keep running and score? Like That makes no sense to me. This is, like, as a defender, and it's been happening for so many years, and they wonder why defensive players get so frustrated. It's because we we understand that people don't come to the game to see us. Everybody, quite frankly, hates defenders because they come to see the deep ball get complete. Mm -hmm. They come to see the long runs. And now you're trying to – you've already tailor-made the game to be in the offensive favor, you know, with the calls that you give them and allow these receivers to do and such, so on and so forth. Now you're trying to take tackling from us. <laughs> like, so what, you you want to put the flags on us? Now we look watching the game we watched last night. Like, it's not fair. And it's unfortunate that they keep doing this to the defense. But they never do anything to help the defense. It's always trying to paralyze us.
1: Why – I think what you have to get to the place you have to get to in football is, and I try to tell this to parents, um, it ain't for everybody. Mm-hmm. This is a violent game. Yes, it is. Uh, it is a collision sport. It's not a contact sport It's a collision sport. And you, on, and any, you know
2: what you sign up for. Yeah.
1: Every, it's in the brochure. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a parent, it's in, you know, when you talk about little kid level, it's up, you're the one reading the brochure. Mm-hmm. So you do what's best for your kid yeah. on that. Um, You have to acknowledge that we have to get to a point in football where we acknowledge that there is an inherent risk to playing a sport where men who are in the type of shape that you all are in going as fast as you can and colliding Mm -hmm. is something that's going to cause injury. Yes. There's no way to avoid it. Not at all. It's all part of it. Unless you put them in bubbles. That's it. And then it's not football. So the (laughs) idea that you're going to try to legislate a different type of tackling, to me, seems almost impossible. I don't even know what you would want the defensive player to do because you guys can't be up around their head you can't, you you can't, you can't lead shoulder without wrapping up. Like, what what are you supposed to do? How do you you can't tackle a quarterback low? You can't you t- can't hit him high. I mean, you this, can't be around their arms. It reminds, What's left? It reminds, you saw this in the playoffs. Do you remember the play with Dak and the 49ers? Eric Armstead, do you remember this play? Dak rolls out. He rolls through the end zone. The game's over, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Armstead goes up to him. he, he doesn't tackle him or he doesn't wrap him and tackle him I think because he's worried that he's going to get a penalty and they call so he him. just kind he kind of just push. like push- shoves him a little mm-hmm. bit but it doesn't knock Dak over so Dak still is able to throw because in his head he's going well God what am I supposed to do with this guy
2: well because they were really enforcing those roughing the passers like yeah. some of them this year I was just like that like man I don't know yeah. what you want him to do anymore so it this reminds me a little bit of the when they took out strike zone tackling, you know those yeah. big hits where it was like the first time they did it because I was in I was at Ohio State at the time when they when they first started the targeting thing, and. They we was sitting there like, well, and we so while we're going in there, we see a drag route or we see somebody on the dig, yep. and I'm breaking out the post, and I get a good break on him. You telling me I gotta stop and think about where to hit this guy? Before, like that's it's impossible. Yeah, like you, the game is happening like this, and I think that's the problem. You, these guys gotta. these guys got to get it put themselves in that position like go out there and you try to tackle nick chubb without dropping your weight and you tell me if that works and it's like no it's not gonna happen so why would you even come up with a thing to make it tailored for the offense i mean i get why because it
1: sells more tickets but come on it doesn't sell though because they sell out anyway (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the ratings are the ratings they don't it's maxed out you know they don't need it it's it speaks so last night did you happen to I don't know if either one of you guys saw that. Did you guys see the Baltimore thirty for thirty last night on their first Super Bowl? No, I did not. Okay, so it was uh, it was on their deep. It, it, the the thirty for thirty was fine, um, at fine at best. It was it was okay. But the the big thing that I took away from it was that that type of team will never be built again. A team that was built on the fear of playing its defense. Mm-hmm. Lewis, Saragusa, Reed. Like, it was – that was a – Rod Woodson was the other safety. Like, it was a punch you in the mouth. It was, we are going to defend and you are going to fear us defense. Yeah. You will never build an NFL team that way again. No, nah, not with the it's rules. Done.
2: You can't – because you can't it's even done. hit people like that. And it's it's unfortunate. But now you got to do it in the a- – a finesse way. They want everything to be finesse. I just think there's no way to legislate it. You can't tackle like you want. You can't even touch the quarterback. Forget about that. Like sacks nowadays? I don't know how these defensive ends and these pass rushers are able to even do it. Because if you bring them down too hard, it's flag every time. And it's, it's starting to happen in critical moments where it's like, the defender, the DB makes a great play, but because the guy pushed the quarterback down too hard, it's free 15, automatic first down. Now the defense got to stay out there. It's been an eight-play drive. We finally get off the field. You give them a free first down, now it turns into a 15-play touchdown drive. And it's just like,
3: man. Y'all. So it
1: happened um, It happened in the AFC Championship game with Mahomes where they they, they shot oh, yeah, know, At the end? You know, like it's, it's one of those things where yeah, if you slow down the film frame by frame, it is. There's no question. It's unnecessary roughness mm-hmm. by letter of the law. It is. Mm-hmm. But you think of the decision that's being made in the millisecond it's being made. Being he goes from either pushing him out of bounds. If it's a half step earlier, he's just shoving him out of bounds. Yeah. But that half step, which happens like that, cost him 15 yards, got him a field goal, AFC Championship, and now, what, and now it flipped. Not the spirit of the law. Now right? think
2: about this next season come around. That same kid get that same opportunity again. Right. He gonna pull off. That's what happened. And, and Eric Armstead against and, Dak, and not a quarterback I'm gonna take off. Well, the he's gonna the act the like he's girl. going here, and then he's gonna cut it yeah, up. Yeah, because it's like we can't more. touch him.
1: So it's yeah. Yeah. it's they gotta find a. They've got to find a a happy quarter
2: quarter quarterbacks they are in the weight room as well they do everything that every other player on the team does as far as lifting conditioning and all that they can they can take a hit
1: well the other thing i mean that so that all changed with the brady injury after they went undefeated when he got hit low Mm -hmm. um and then they said well you can't hit low well now you can't hit and you can't hit high and you can't grab their arm so it's a pretty small window to be able to get to the quarterback um, and so you wonder why you see this offensive explosion we've seen the last 10 years. It's all it's all for reason. Uh, 49ers left tackle Trent Williams telling reporters he's coming back for sure amidst retirement speculation during Saturday's Pro Bowl games festivity. I, I heard Brandon Ayuk say yesterday as well that. Um, oh, I heard that too. You saw that 49ers. Got, they got the, best, they got the best, team. best team. Nobody could tell him
2: otherwise.
1: I don't have a problem with it, except if you just take quarterback out of it. Yeah. Like take away quarterback, they probably do. There's no Pretty real much, holes.
2: No, there's not.
1: I mean, got, there's the most diverse offense you'll well, find in the league.
2: no, because you can say – well, I guess you can't say that. I was going to say maybe at corners, but Chavarius War had a really good season. But they – I think they lost two corners. They lost Emmanuel Mosley and they lost Jason Verrett for the year. So, they was down two corners, and they still had the number one defense. So
1: Right. So, I mean, if you just – they're a quarterback from being it's a like, of- take quarterback out. And I don't have a problem with what he said. I thought they probably are the best roster in the NFL aside from the quarterback position. Um, we did see uh, the news this morning. Our former defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, uh, you know, Joe, of course, from mm-hmm. your time in San Francisco, uh, signed as the new uh, defensive. Co- were you in Seattle when you were with Joe?
2: Joe was in San Fran. San Fran with you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, he is the new defensive coordinator with the Saints. Um is this this has been official, hasn't it? If the Saints made this official, there's been a ton of reporting on it today. I, I haven't seen anything official, but okay. There's been a lot of people are this morning yeah. that yeah. It was
4: happening,
2: which is weird because they got they got rid of Chris Rashard, who was my first DB coach in Seattle, who actually was the defensive coordinator in Seattle. Then I repaired with him again in Dallas. They got rid of him to bring in Joe, but they kind of spit the same philosophy, so. Similar language, right? So yeah. it will be an easy adjustment for players.
1: Well, that's good nothing to official for, from the Saints. Happy for Joe too; he's a good dude, uh, always a stand-up guy when he was here. So good, good for him. Didn't take him long, right back, right back at it. Uh, the Panthers have hired former Broncos defensive coordinator. You got a name on a pronunciation on this first name?
4: Nope. The Broncos DC makes a lateral move <laughs> because uh, Denver said thanks but no thanks. Even though Denver's defense was not the issue. Yeah, uh, Averro
1: is his last name. The first name, i Hiro, a Averro. That actually sounds. Would the J be an H in that sense? A hero, um, a hero Averro. So he's uh, he's the really
4: new- good and real talented. He's been up for every job. Everyone head coach or yep. coordinator yep. since the season ended. I feel. Yeah,
1: but he. I mean, Sean Payton was going to bring in his own guys for that, so. So, he goes Boy, to Carolina. It's a good hire for Carolina. Yeah.
2: He, he lost Vic because Vic going to Miami. Remember, Sean Payton was paired with Vic Fangio. I'm guessing that
1: stopped as soon as he took the Denver yeah. job. Yeah, that's what I said, too. Said different no, ownership. No but way still. he's
2: going back to Denver. Even though he no. could have double-dipped, I'm sure he's still getting paid from Denver.
1: Different ownership, too. Uh-huh. So, it's different checks from different folks. Yeah. Um, Cowboys have named team consultant Brian Schottenheimer as the new offensive coordinator. How many opportunities? We were does discussing he
4: get, this before the
1: show. How many opportunities does a guy get? Like Brian yeah, Schottenheimer. calling the plays. Right. Just well, keep getting. Well, his father was like. I understand. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, at, a, at what point are we, like, his father, the diminishing results? They're
2: looking at it like, well, first of all, it doesn't matter because the head coach is calling the plays anyway. Right,
1: but it's a, my guess is offensive coordinator Dallas Cowboys is a decent paying job. That is true. Right, and That's there's true. probably some people out there who I don't know. You feel like you would get maybe they need deserve a shot at the thing.
4: Well, and when when <clears> was the last measure of success, Brian Schottenheimer? When was the first hot take? Yeah, something there.
1: Flaming take. Is it? I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, with, he was he was with the Jets for a while. He was, he was, he was with Seattle. The, Seattle. Was a disaster. Man, I mean, I don't know that there. I don't know what it is where there's
2: maybe where he, there is. He, maybe yeah. he got like good Marty's input. Marty's a
1: legend. He's legend. And and everybody keeps saying that he had to have taught him something. Something. Had to be something (laughs) there, yeah. Uh, Cardinals have narrowed the field to three finalists for their head coaching vacancy, Brian Flores, Lou Anarumo, and Mike Kafka, the three there. Nothing's still in Indy, right? No, and we were talking
4: about that as we were getting ready for the show. I know that the entire Colts contingent went to Philly to meet with our OC on Saturday. I believe you had that on Thursday. I did, yeah. Uh, And. It sounds like they might just be content to wait till after the Super Bowl to make okay. this call. They want to give it to Jeff so bad.
1: They do, definitely. They, no, they're <laughs> going to do everything to in their to power Jeff. to give it to Jeff. Yeah. Um, the one thing I think that's interesting about this Cardinals search is only one of these guys is an offensive guy. So the most important player in their organization, based on where he was drafted and what they're paying him, is Kyler Murray. And so if you hire a defensive coach, who do you bring in offensively for Kyler, you would have, and to, how do you make sure they stay?
2: Well, you would have to get a good offensive mind that can make it work. Um, everybody always throws out the name Eric Bien-Ami.
1: Um He must not interview well. Because he's been up for a 1,000 jobs.
2: the thing about him is that a lot of players don't really give him his praise. Like, I remember I was watching LaShawn McCoy back when, uh, I think it was earlier this year, Patty Mahomes and Mm -hmm. him got into it. And LaShawn McCoy, like, tweeted out, was like, this guy don't do anything. He don't – it's all Andy Reid. Everybody keeps giving Eric all this credit, but it's all Andy Reid. So, I don't know. Maybe – Maybe that's it. He's getting in there. Everybody's kind of figuring out that, ah, you're not what everybody think you are.
1: Yeah. He's been in that spot for a long time. Um, this around the sports world, uh, this was the Kyrie Irving deal that happens yesterday. Uh, Dorian Finney Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, unprotected 2029 20, first, seconds, and 27 and 29 in exchange for Irving and Markeith Morris. Um, Kyrie has detonated every situation he's been in, <laughs> save for here. Like this one, I don't, the one here, as, as I understand it, anytime you talk to those guys that were around the team at that time, LeBron wanted to put him in a deal. You were here at that time, Gibbs, yes, sir. So that LeBron wanted to put him in a deal for Paul, for Paul George, right? He got wind of it after the season and said, "I'm out. You don't want me here. I'm out." But up until that point, he was he didn't have any. There was no issues with Kyrie here, not at all. Everybody
2: loved Kyrie. Kyrie yeah. was a lot of people's favorite player. I mean, obviously, everybody had to respect for LeBron, but everybody respected Kyrie because I mean, he kind of brought energy back in here. Now they weren't winning games. But you, you remember the All Star games oh, yeah. where he was crossing people over, like he gave it was fun. he fun gave some excitement was rookie of the year. Yeah. yeah, so that's why a lot of Cleveland fans were tied to him when he was here. And I don't know what's going on with him ever since he's left here. But he definitely does blow up locker rooms and he leaves people high and dry. They're I mean done. you you think about it. he left He Le- left Durant
1: Durant He left I mean, LeBron, du- the oh.
2: people in the Tatum and in, in Brown in yeah. Boston, Durant, who's his best friend, left him
4: I mean, I don't I don't I don't know.
1: The Durant thing's that?
4: wild. Why do you want that problem? I know. I mean, I'll tell you why. Twenty-seven a, and six. He's a great player. Right? Twenty-seven and six. <laughs> he is a. But, but at some it. point, when it goes bad, this, though. it goes. This, but, remember
2: then, this. Then, then, what if it never goes bad? Well, it but will go bad. bad. <laughs> It'll go bad. <laughs> this
1: it. is the deal. Talent, pain in the neck. Okay, until the pain in the neck goes above the talent. It's true. There's which it a will. place for you, and that's sports. That's anything in life. That's true. So you'll put up with a lot. I mean, he's playing really well. Where does this, right now. Where does this put the Mavericks in the West? To you? Nothing. I don't think that means anything for them. I mean, they did go to the conference finals
2: last year. It's they lost to I, Golden State.
1: I, I think if anything,
4: it shows Luca that they're willing to spend money, that they're willing to build stuff around him. But it's but just
2: they're a not rental. Extend him? It sounds no. Like. They.
1: I don't think they will. They I'm better.
2: Sure. They gave up. St- well, I guess. I, I guess you didn't care. You, about Would you guy. give him money? <laughs> I give him ah, yeah. a, a one-year
1: deal. I give him one-year deal. A, it's all it's going to be is a series of them. Here, here's man. what's going to happen. He's going to play out the rest of the season here. Then LeBron's going to force the Lakers to take him on. Because you saw the tweets from LeBron. Maybe it's maybe me. Maybe me, yeah. My favorite part of the whole story is, do you know why he ended up in Dallas? The number one driving factor? Because
2: the, the GM said you could go anywhere but L.A.
1: No, the owner, Joe Sy yeah, of tra- the Nets, but LA. said, I don't care the Laker package. Out of spite, I'm not sending him there. Hmm. I like when spite's involved. I like a good spite trade.
2: I would imagine you would make this trade with uh, at least knowing that you're going to extend this guy. Mm. Why would you give up your players and picks? Well, there's role
1: players and it's picks in 2029. Who knows? And if you're good, those picks don't mean anything anyway. That's true. So, I mean, a first-round pick in the bottom of the lottery in the NBA, it's all just a diminishing – it's almost as soon as you get to the draft, it's worth less. It's yeah. worth more on paper than it ever is in the draft. Well, like, that's
2: why nobody takes the Lakers' picks then.
1: Yeah. They're those two picks. That gonna, well, the thing is, is the two Laker picks that are out there, very likely the Lakers are going to be brutal. Those could be great picks. <laughs> yeah. Because they're aging, man, in a hurry. Um, well, LeBron's Le- going to break it tomorrow. Dream's oh, record. you going for – what do you need, 60? 36. 36? Yeah. So you think you going for 40 tomorrow? I bet he has 25. Who, that, at, who they playing? Pelicans, isn't it? Or is it the Pelicans? Standby. I don't think it's the... No, they just played The Thunder. 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 Oh, they're one That's of the worst teams in the league.
2: Yeah, 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 he might break it tomorrow. <laughs> if
1: yeah, if he's going to. He's
2: going to break it in L.A. If not, then it'll be against Milwaukee, which Kareem played for the Lakers and Milwaukee. Yeah. He should do it in a hook shot.
1: I bet he does. Skyhook. I bet he makes it. I bet he does. It. He's smart. He knows. His, you saw him practicing it? Yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> I think he's got, he's got a pretty good sense of the history. He's got to do it in L.A. I mean... He's, He's. I can't the only imagine. The positive
4: thing those fans have seen this year. Well, I think that the, the <laughs> thing that's
1: hard for him is like you're in the shadow of all of that greatness. Like Magic Johnson's omnipresent, Kobe is even more than that, mm-hmm. especially posthumously. Like the only you have to give them something for them to love you. You're gonna live the rest of your life in L.A.
2: They got him a championship
1: that nobody saw. Bubble in a bubble.
2: Yo, really? Y'all gonna do him like that? No,
3: I'm not. I'm telling
1: you. Oh, that's I've, why he's I, desperately if chasing to, a second. If you're coming looking to
4: me for anything Lebron positive. I don't. I don't. Offer it's any. it's
3: Man,
1: something that me. is. He's got to get one more there. He does. That isn't in that bubble.
2: I guess it's that, hard
1: because that bubble one is is it's very, a weird one. It's
2: got an asterisk next to it.
1: It's earned, but it was like it's just a it's just a, it was a weird. That's weird it's weird. people
2: wouldn't you had to be locked in for it. I tell you that because you hear all the players talking about
1: they just couldn't be in the bubble no more.
2: You had people sneaking out to go get wings. Well, he was. <laughs> and LeBron
1: <laughs> said,, um, you know, the other thing was, and you knew this as soon as they decide they were going to do that bubble, you knew that that hit that he would get them locked in. Like, Anthony Davis was in his prime. They were rested, healthy. Mm-hmm. There was no wear and tear of the season. Nobody had played a game in four months. Yeah, they did. It so, too. he was oh. dialed in on that one, and it was pretty obvious. Uh, we'll get Tyvus' thoughts on, on what he made of the Browns' defense this year and what needs to be improved under Jim Schwartz. That's coming up next. you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
3: Elk and elk,
1: serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 100 800 elk ohio for a free case for you. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Tyvis Powell in here with me today on the program. Do a little Browns defense look back. What we saw this year, what worked, what didn't. Givey wants to know, what was your biggest takeaway from the Browns defense last season? My biggest takeaway was this. It, obviously,
2: the season started off, it was slow. They had moments. I think the Cincinnati game was a big moment for them. Obviously, you know Cincinnati had some injuries. But the way that they finished this season, it showed me that they had the talent that I thought that they had, but they just didn't put it together for the whole year. You know, you think about the last maybe four or five games, they were able to get takeaways. They got interceptions. Mm-hmm. They was punching the ball out. Sacks was coming. So it shows me that it's there, but for some odd reason, it took them a very long time to get to that point. They got to find a way to get to their game one. And that's it's going to be hard to do, obviously, because you're getting a whole new defensive scheme coming in. It's going to be new language, new philosophies, new players to be in the system. But if they can find a way to get it, it shows that they have playmaking ability. They just have to do
1: it consistently. I always had a pretty. I always had a, kind of the belief, the theory, I guess, that uh, it was a defensive roster that was put together with the idea that we would be ahead in a lot of games, mm-hmm. and that teams would have to chase us yeah. and they'd have to throw. Yep. It is a. It was a defense. A defensive too deep. The, the way the, the roster construction was built to get after the quarterback on the edges yep. and to be able to cover like crazy. Yep. But Where's all it? of a sudden, when the suspension went from four to six games to 11, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're playing an entirely different style offensively. And now all of a sudden teams are able to run it on you yep. and salt out games because they have the lead. You don't, you're not in shootouts. Mm-hmm. You're in slugfests you didn't have those type of players. Definitely changed everything. They definitely didn't came. have it in the middle of the defense, no, Tyus. Not didn't at have at linebacker. Like you didn't have
2: thumpers. And that's and that's the thing. You're right. I mean, you look around the league. What did this league become? You know, it's become a passing league. And if you look at the way the Browns are constructed, yeah, we got great pass rushers on the edge. We have linebackers. Now they're undersized linebackers, but they're athletic. They can cover space. You know, yep. they're able to to make up with speed, but when teams are just running the ball, you know, we defensive tackle is not a position that we thought would be valuable, and it really hurt them. I remember, you know, before the season even started, in the preseason, I said they need to address, you know, this defensive tackle spot because teams would just run trap and dive all game, and everybody, you can be patient. If you're going to get four yards a pop, we'll be patient, and we'll win games like that. And obviously that came into fruition, and that's what they did. So I'll be interested to see how they address that. I'm pretty sure that's number one on the list this offseason.
1: It is. I mean, they – Defensive line is going to need a couple, yeah, they <laughs> two need, or three, they, and they need to get some big D tackles in there that can, yep. that can stuff it. So that'll be on uh, Andrew Berry's wish list. What can you expect the defense to look like under Jim Schwartz? Do you, how much do you have any familiarity with Schwartz' defense? I you were playing
2: one? No, I, I haven't played in one, but I have went back and I've watched, you know, some of them Eagles games. And mm-hmm. obviously, what made them go is they had a Malcolm Jenkins on their team. Malcolm was the guy who. If you had a problem, put Malcolm on him. He'll handle it. They played a lot of man. Obviously, we all know they got the wide nine with the DN being out a little bit further, which Miles Garrett would love. However, I think that you have to have those guys in the middle to make that work. Because if you're, your, if you're asking your defensive end to be out wider, teams will be like, oh, we can just attack right mm-hmm. in this little crease right here that's when the defensive tackles come into play. you got to yep. be able to eat those blocks up. you got to have those linebackers flying in there. So at this present moment, I don't know how that would work with the way that our defensive tackles played last year. They would have to. That's why I say it has to be like the number one thing on their list. They get that situated. I, I'm in the minority. I kind of like the way Perion was playing at the end of the year. Yep. It seems like he kind of got things going toward late. If he can continue to keep progressing and they pair him up with a veteran defensive tackle or a guy that can be disruptive – or maybe not even be disruptor. It was a guy by the name of Kyle Williams. He played. Mm, oh for yeah. He played for Buffalo. Yep. Nobody. If you if you knew him, if you watched Buffalo, he wasn't one that made like these big time plays all the time. He made some plays, but every defensive end and edge rusher loved him because he would take on the double teams and he would get you free. Mm-hmm. and he would help people get paid money. Mm-hmm. If you get a guy like that and you, could, and you pair him up with Miles, Miles would love a guy that could eat up double teams and give him the one-on-one all the time and allow him to do whatever he wants to do because he'll be more productive. I think they can find a guy like that. Obviously, they have to be more of a veteran form.
1: Yeah, it's um, and it, that feeds into the next question, which what is the biggest issue the Browns need to address on the defense this offseason? It's clearly that. It is they need – You know, they, if you think about wish list – Nathan and I talk about this all the time. It's you need a speed receiver. Yes, you do. You need somebody to take the top <laughs> off of this yes, defense who do. can catch a ball. It'll um, it'll
2: make this offense this offense is good. It will go to phenomenal if you could get one guy to stretch the field because now DPJ can run that famous dig route and not have to worry about trying to beat a a dropping linebacker or yep. a, a freaking corner on them all the time. If you got somebody that's stretching the field, Amari Cooper looks better. Now Mm -hmm. I can really route somebody up and not have to worry about a double team because now the safeties have to back off, and I don't have
1: two people to double team me anymore. So that is a big need. So it's that. It's, I think, two defensive tackles. Mm -hmm. I'm with you on Perrion, and I think the organization is too. They just need him to be a pro. Yeah. Just be a pro. That's it. That's it. Be a pro. But they need to add a dude. Yep. And then they need to add another developmental guy. And then they need another defensive end. Yep. Because they lost to Yeah. I like Alex Wright.
2: Yeah. But he, he's got to go. He, too. Yeah, yeah. He he has his moments, but it's not consistent, which falls back to what I was saying. But they definitely, definitely need to add another edge. And obviously a linebacker. Yeah. So those, I don't know what they're going to do at middle.
1: Yeah. I don't know on, on AWOC. I, don't, I know they like him a lot. Yeah. He likes the organization. But who knows where that goes going forward. Um so so they've got they've got some things to sort out. What did you make of Delpit as the season went along?
2: <laughs> so Delpit was one of those guys that a lot of people crushed him, but the difference between me and a lot of people was that I actually knew the scheme that we was running. So a lot of the mistakes that were made, he would be the one that's in the area and a lot of people would say, "Oh, it's him." And I'd be like, "Actually, it's not his responsibility. It's actually this." So um, the only game that really bothered me from Dale Pitt was the Patriots game. You know, mm-hmm. when he let the tight end go, he got beat on that route. But as the season went on, he became better in man-to-man coverage. He got – I think he might have led the team in interceptions, correct?
1: I believe you have that right. And
2: then um, he became really good in the run game. So I kind of liked the way that he was going. Um, I'm confident having him back down in that box. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with J3. I don't know what his uh, situation is. I like J3. I think he's a good playmaker. I just don't know if he was utilized correctly in this system in last year's system.
1: Yeah, and it feels like that. Honestly, like like John Johnson and and Delpit are kind of they both want to do the same thing. Yeah. And you need a you need a true center fielder, a four
2: three guy that can go sideline to sideline in that post. If you're gonna run one high, especially yeah. if if you're looking at um uh, Schwartz defense, he runs a lot of man with one high as well. So you still need a guy who's the eraser. That's what they call the the post safety, the eraser. So if a guy does get beat, he can get over the top, make a play on the ball, or if the ball breaks down the middle from the running back, he's able to get it down.
1: Is there? I'm trying to think. Is is there anybody in this? Ah, I, I don't know. Bates? Let me look.
2: Jesse Bates would be f- phenomenal, but you know he's he's twenty six. He, he's a guy that's around the ball as well. Yeah, so it'd it, it be the same. The guy, Gardner G- Johnson, he's good. He's good. He even though he's a he was a nickel. Yeah, which is another need that we need. We need a guy who can play purely nickel because, I mean, I don't know if I, like I know G New likes playing. I, I don't know if he loves it. I think he does it because it's what the team needs. But if you wanna obviously if you wanna get paid, you gotta Well Denzel's already gotten paid. Can he do it? That's what I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. I think Denzel would be out of the three out of him, Gnew and Martin Emerson. I think Denzel would be the best equipped for nickel because those nickel corners are the twitchy guys. You thinking mm-hmm. about it, the the guys that they're going against in the slot are the quick, shifty receivers. Well, Denzel to me is the most shifty out of those three that I named. Obviously, Martin Emerson is my size, yeah, and uh, Gnew is more physical, but. I think, and he's been paid already. Yeah, let the other two young guys get out there and get paid because that's really where you're gonna get the money. I think the highest paid slot corner is probably Kenny Moore from the Colts, maybe. Yeah. And I don't think he's making $100 million like Denzel is. So let those two young guys, if they're comfortable on the outside, let them play on the outside and get paid. Let Denzel be the guy because he's athletic enough to send him on blitzes. Mm-hmm. We've seen him go under, dip under yep. guards and tackles to make tackles and stuff like that. Let him use his athleticism to make plays.
1: Finally, who needs to step up the most on the defense next season? <sighs> Man, it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> Who needs to Yeah, one in every – I mean, everybody has it? to. Yeah, the whole defense pretty
2: much. I would say from the guys that I know that's returning, I'm going to give you one on every level. I'm going to say Alex Wright or Perrion, one of those two, both of those two actually. Um, in the linebacker room, I'd say J.O.K. Okay. He's a guy that – he. to me, he – they, they they make him play wheel, and I think he's better at Sam. The difference between the two is the wheel is always in the box. The Sam is the guy that's, that can be kicked out the box because mm-hmm. the nickel replaces him. However, say you get caught with base on the field – and you got J.O.K. in there. He's athletic enough to at least get you through the play and make plays on the ball. I think they're doing him kind of a disservice, keeping him in the box. I think you need to let him be in space where he can blitz and, be, and drop in coverage and play the flats like that because he can use his athleticism to make plays. He'll be checking tight ends and stuff yeah. like that. He'll, he would thrive in that role. So J.O.K. would be the guy there. And then in the secondary, if J three is here, he got to make a. He has to find a way to make more plays. He got to be more available. He
1: has to make his name known. We need that guy that was with the Rams. All right, coming up next, second hour of the program. Your Ask Tyvus questions will get answered. T- uh, tweet them, ask us to Browns underscore daily on the social. We'll take care of those. Uh, have a little conversation on the college football side of things with my buddy as well. Second hour, Cleveland Browns daily brought to you by Bally bet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns daily brought to you by Bally bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: All right, second hour here Cleveland Browns Daily. Ask Tyvis questions coming up shortly. Tweet them to at to give at Browns underscore daily. Uh, he will uh, get to those. Our good buddy Bill Bender will join us um, at the bottom of the hour. Um, one thing that you can say about the NFL um, is that you you absolutely know what you're going to get. The, the sport has never been more popular. Um, the sport has never been more aligned. Uh, it's never been more lucrative to play. I think everybody understands what they're getting into when it comes to the NFL. Mm -hmm. Uh, The same cannot be said. Not all of that can be said about the sport that, that, Certainly you thrived at, at a very high level, and I adore, which is college football. I want to take a couple of minutes to talk to you about where the sport is right now, because it's a wild thing. I don't know if you saw the story today about the Jaden Rashada kid. Did you see this? He's a recruit out of California. I, I just know he
2: ended up going to uh, – he was supposed to get a $13 million from Florida. That failed through, and now he's
1: at Arizona State. So, for the folks out here who don't follow recruiting, God bless you if you don't, because it's a mess. Uh, this is a California quarterback who mm. originally was committed to Miami. Four-star. Ends up – yeah, but not – Arch Manning, not no, five-star, no. not I watched Trevor it. Lawrence. He's I, a fine player. I watched
2: his tape. He actually he, – he, right. he
1: throws a good ball. Yeah, he's all right. He but who knows?
2: There, you wouldn't bet your life savings on Got him 13, getting to the league. not $13 million. I wouldn't, wouldn't give him 13 Oh, good Got Lord, no.
1: No, no, no. He's no sure thing. So, he commits to Miami, eventually switches over to Florida. Um, there, This number gets out about $13 million, right? So, that money ends up – we come to find out there's a story in the, today in the athletic that there was a signed NIL agreement between an agent representing Jaden Rashada and his family and a University of Florida Florida collective. Okay. The University of Florida collective says, actually, we're not going to do this. The money goes away entirely. The kid decommits from Florida. They release him from his name image or from his uh, national letter of intent, mm-hmm. and he ends up signing with uh, Arizona State.
2: Didn't his dad go there or something?
1: His dad was an alum. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. And I want – Gibby, you got to hear this because this will blow your damn mind too. And this speaks to kind of a little bit where where we are with, with the sport and how there are just – there are no guardrails. But it's not – the thing that bugs me is, like, people want to go with the kids. It's not the kids. It's not the kids' fault. This is the administrators, is the adults in the room that have driven the sport to this point. The kids are getting what they're worth. But this is the deal that this Rashada kid signed called for a $500,000 upfront payment. After that, his payments would increase from $250,000 a month as a freshman to $291,000 a month as a sophomore to $375,000 a month as a junior, mm. rounding out with 195000 monthly payments as a senior so long as he fulfilled the following obligations. You ready for these obligations? Mm. That's all he had to do. All he had to do because you can't say he has to play for the University of Florida because that's a recruiting inducement. Okay. Okay. He has to reside in Gainesville, Florida.
2: Okay, so he's got to play for Florida. Go ahead. At
1: least one branded Twitter post and one branded Instagram post a month. Oh, that's easy. Up to eight fan engagement events per year.
2: Oh, that's really easy.
1: So it could be in person, social media, video. You could Zoom and interviews. None would last longer than two hours. He's got eight of those a year Mm. and an an autograph up to 15 pieces of merchandise per year. That's easy. That's the contract. And you wonder why somebody on the Florida end of it went, wait, what? What are we doing? What are we doing? Are so it everything? all fell out. Nobody knows who's representing the kid. The contract isn't binding because quite frankly, it's illegal mm-hmm. to, I mean, do, to, to do. You that. can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the contract is binding. It's worth not worth the paper it's written on. And there's no way to police any of this. The NCAA last week comes out with a. Uh, uh, the guy who's headed there in force with this clown comes out and says, "We can now. We are now going to say you are guilty, and you have to prove you're innocent. Yeah, and I don't. That'll hold up in court. I I'm didn't sure. Like that. I don't. Well, like
2: it's not going to. It's that, nonsense. Because that's, that's at the same thing. You can a recruit can just say so. Like Jaden Rashada can say, "Yeah, y'all gave me this," and they have to say, "Well, that's guilty until they prove." But it. that
1: none of that that you're just going to get sued. That's, that's over a, and over and over again. I the emperor has no clothes on this thing. The thing that annoys me is – the and the funny thing is, is much like the NFL, college football has never been more popular. Mm-hmm. The ratings are through the roof. The two footballs are the only things that continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Ratings. Everything else is receding. But the two footballs continue to grow. And you're sitting here looking at this thing and you're going, nobody knows what to do. Ohio State had National Signing Day last week. Mark Pantone, who's the Director of Recruiting and Communications, great guy, mm-hmm. he, he's, he says, look, we got to change the way. If a kid comes to us and says, we want NIL – then you're not for us. And we're, their attitude is much like Alabama's, come to big state U and then we'll take care of you yeah. and get you sorted out. Where there are some that are using it as straight pay to commit, pay to sign, like Texas A&M. Yeah. And class, they, by the way, all fell apart. I am about to say, they get
2: made one year and they transferring up out of there. You know, the way I look at it, I'm never mad at players for giving money, get, taking money. I mean, if somebody's going to give you $10 million to come play for their school, then by all means. My only thing is that make sure – that you have the bigger picture in mind. Do you Are you playing this game just for the money? Or are you playing it to go to the NFL to be great and, you know, go to the yeah. Hall of Fame one day? Because if, I don't know, Harvard is giving me $13 million, I can go to Harvard and play and get $13 million. Of course. I'm not going to the league. I, my chances of going to the league and being that guy is slimmer. If mm-hmm. I go to Ohio State, then obviously it's different. Or Alabama is totally different. I'm gonna get developed. My chances of getting to the league increase. So you gotta have the bigger picture in mind when you're going through these recruiting things. But I get it. Everybody comes from different situations. Yeah. Everybody, come, people come from. They don't have a dime at home. So a hundred thousand dollars to them might it will change some things around their their family's life. So I get that. But you have to think about the fact that. Yeah, Ohio State might not give you 13 million. They might give you 2 million, but you got a better chance of longevity of money
1: and career. I'll tell you this if that were real and you're a four star kid and someone has given you $350,000 a month your junior year of college Hmm. for all that was required of that kid, I mean, you watch the kids' tape, right? He's he's nice. He's got a nice yeah, arm, but he, it's not like you're watching no. him going like, Oh, I'm watching. this is Peyton no. Manning. No, not at all. It's not that not like, at he's all. a fine player, but like there's no sure thing. I can't even imagine like being him or his like that's life-changing that, that life changing money. Thirteen million. That changes your life, yeah. man. A yep. Couple hundred bucks, I threw a twenty five Kegger in college.
4: I <laughs> <laughs> three hundred grand for a month.
1: three fifty a month.
4: Four year contract. In big, big trouble. It is weed. And they, and there's he, no, he
2: wouldn't even know what to do yeah, with well, all that That's what money. I'm saying. Like, like, in
4: Gainesville? Uh, in college, 350 a You better month, hire man. some really good financial people.
2: You, and, man, you got to pay taxes, man. That's a lot of money. There's a lot ooh, going on. We. Yeah.
1: So he ends up going to Arizona State, and in the story they say he got no name, no NIL at Arizona <laughs> well, he, State. He
2: just has to earn it. Like He's a, got to earn it like yeah.
1: everybody else. Like that's the way it's yeah. got to go. The thing that I don't have a whole lot of patience for is coaches making $9.5 administrators making several million complaining about a system that they allowed to go this way. Like if you don't want it to go this way, give your money back. Yeah. The Uh, only way to fix this Tyvus is to call it what it is. It's pro sports. Mm -hmm. It's contracts. That's it. And That's they, the only
2: way. But they Now, you know you can have termination, so, like, the kid could. If you're not doing well, your job, we're
1: firing you, and you're getting kicked out of school. That used to happen anyway. They'd take scollies away. They do do that, too. Urban did that. He brought that to Ohio State. That yeah. happened at Alabama. That happened in the South. I was about to be one them. Right. They come in and go, hey, you know, I don't know if you're going to fit in our system. Yep. I'm not sure if we'll have your scholarship anymore. You go, wait a second. Yep. I signed. Uh, this is four years. That's what I was promised. Yep. And they pull them.
2: They tell you, "Huh, it's one year and yeah. it has to be renewed every year." Is what they yeah. tell you.
1: That ain't. That's not what the spirit of it is. Not at all. So they've taken advantage of it all these years, and now the kids get a little bit back. And I'm going to be mad at the kids? I laugh at the coaches that if we start paying the kids, I'm not.
2: I'm not going to be a college coach anymore. Dabo, they, they still are there.
1: They're still there. By the way, making 11 million dollars a year, Dabo is. Mm-hmm. But you see that it's certainly been recruiting. He's not getting the players he was no, four I'm years ago. No. Nope. Nope. All that. All of that started to go away. Um, Going to be a big off season for the Buckeyes, though, and and interesting. The college football has never been more interesting. I don't know if it's great, but it's never been more interesting. Uh, we'll get to your questions for Tyvus coming up next. Um, you're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland.
1: Be part of one of the most passionate fan bases of the National Football League. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance of securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out, go to Cleveland slash tickets or call four four zero eight nine one fifty fifty to reserve your spot today. Time for some ask Tyvus questions. Tweet your questions to Tiv. So there you go. Uh-oh. At Browns underscore daily. Hello, Gibby. Hi guys. Hey buddy. Uh
4: Jason in Olmstead Falls would like some context on a <laughs> Tyvis Powell tweet. Whoa, oh, Jason at Olmstead
1: Falls. That sounds like he's a nice guy. Probably <laughs> yeah. enjoys
4: a beverage. Uh, boy, Summer golf it. league. He was looking for one at about 9.01 this morning. Jeez. If Marvin Harrison Jr. decided to sit out next season and prepare for the draft, would he be the first wide out off the board like Jamar Chase? Full disclosure, I don't
1: suggest he do this. I like the qualifier. You don't <laughs> want Buckeye Nation mad at you.
2: Uh, I, I'm, what do you... I don't understand what the problem with the tweet is. I mean, it's – I was asking a question, and I thought about, hmm, let's see, Jamar Chase, you know, arguably he he went to the championship, had a great season. Uh, Justin Jefferson the year before went first round. Arguably, you could say who was better between those two. He decides to sit out. Now, COVID obviously played a part in all of those things, but he sat out a year, went first, first wide receiver off the board, Went back to back with his quarterback, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. He's one of the best wide receivers in the league. He didn't need to put that extra year of college on his body. Now, I fast forward, I look at Marvin Harrison Jr., and I say, he's the best wide receiver in college. Yeah. The pros, even the corners and the pros, talk about how great this guy is. All front offices know that this guy's going to probably be the best receiver in the draft next year. Why does he need to play? He doesn't. Well, the answer
1: to your question is yes. He okay. would be the first receiver okay. off the board. Okay, I just wanted to. No, 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 he would have gone. The, other thing, the <laughs> other thing. Both of you get which, on the field to no, play. No, I
3: don't want him to, but I, don't like, I get it. I don't want him to
1: either. I mean, I want him to play. He's, he's a pure joy to watch. Here's the deal, though. One other thing on the chase I think that's really important to why he was the first receiver off is the fact that the quarterback in Cincinnati was his quarterback at LSU. True. Who, who then could tell the Cincinnati front office, this is my guy. Mm-hmm. Don't I don't need the tackle. I don't need the tight end. Give me that
2: well, guy. Well, in the same breath, his quarterback is projected to go top five this year. So if they don't do hot. Yeah, he, he could tell them, "Go
3: yes.
1: get my guy." Yeah. So that could happen. Just out of curiosity, what are your what's your guess on Jamar Chase's sophomore year stats at LSU?
2: That's college football. Twelve. 1,200 yards?
1: Can I interest you in 1,780? What? 1,780. Do you know what his yards for catch were <laughs> His sophomore year at LSU? 22. 21.2. Mm, yeah. Total touchdowns, receiving touchdowns rather, 20. Really? 20 receiving touchdowns his sophomore year at LSU. Was he not even a Heisman finalist? Joe threw for six thousand yards and sixty what, touchdowns. What, what, correct. But Joe won the Heisman by the biggest margin ever. But should those numbers oh. should have merited a Heisman finalist.
2: Well, okay, but Devontae
4: now, Smith didn't even have them
2: type of numbers, did he? No. Twenty to
4: touchdowns is seventeen eighty? That's well, ridiculous. It is people forget I mean he should have been up at the he should have been at the table at least
1: with numbers night. like so that. So now so that's Jamar Chase. Justin Jefferson was a junior that year on that team. Justin Jefferson receptions 111 1540 receiving yards, 18 touchdowns.
2: That's ridiculous.
1: That that was their dudes. Mm. 1540 1780 for your two starting receivers in college football. How low 38, 38 total touches, 38 total touchdowns. You know
2: you know it'll be interesting. If I'm Marvin Harrison, I'm comparing my numbers to Olave and Wilson, and then JSN la- the year last year, not this season. Last year, compare his numbers to that because if they all go first round, so that was the, the writings
1: on the wall. What I was gonna t- say is that that's the other part that's interesting about it is you could say you said JSN for the audience. That's Jackson Smith and Jigba, mm-hmm. who this year played a game and a half. Yep, whatever it was, two games for the Buckeyes. It had he not. Played to down He's, he would have been drafted higher than having played yeah because he got hurt like yep. there's talk he could fall into the bottom half of the first round I don't see that and most of the mocks have him in that area
2: I, I don't see that because if you turn the tape on it's undeniable yeah. and all he has to do is go to the combine show that the hamstring is healthy and yeah. they're gonna fall in love with the tape it's the tape don't lie yeah. Yeah. yeah at the end of the day you're judged off the tape
4: yeah uh, Cleology tweets at the show, knowing it's our biggest need this off season, what kind of interior defensive lineman would fit Schwartz's scheme best?
1: A good one. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I like that start. I,
2: obviously, you know, the hot name is, uh, Javon Hargrave. You know, obviously he played with him when it with Philly. Mm-hmm. I actually got to train with Javon and, um, XO's when I was coming out for the draft. Really good guy. But he's effective. Obviously, a guy that can eat up double teams, hold hold their own, and make plays in the run game. Because if you ask him Miles to to be in a wide wide nine, teams are going to try to attack that gap. So you need a defensive tackle that can two gap their guard or and make plays right there and stop the run game. So
4: yeah, one that's effective. Yep. From assistant uh, radio production guru Connor Lawrence, without Uh looking it up, do you know what the Pythagorean theorem is? (laughs) Isn't that a squared, B squared, squared, c squared?
2: Yes, a squared plus b squared equals c squared. That's my answer. Which is something that we've never used. You never
1: used. I just had this conversation. My eleven-year-old y equals
2: mx plus b. you
1: You just wait till your girls get into like math in the fourth and fifth grade
2: wait i love math so
1: no you don't oh no no I, I, not you, the way you don't like your, you
2: don't like the See, new math and that, you know what that's what, math. i talked to a new dad and he said that same thing he said new his math. his daughter is in like the fifth or sixth grade Maybe like the fifth grade this, that's not how you get the answer and i'm like what do you mean oh, oh no is, it is you draw these boxes is, and the, the only you, time my kids and i going.
4: and my wife have just have almost just yelled our faces off yeah no, I'm no. like, no, that's how you do it, and they're like, no, <laughs> yeah. Gibby, like we're gonna, that's wrong. We'll get the answer wrong. I'm like, that took two minutes. The way you're talking about it's, it's going just, to take fifteen, and I don't even paper. know how you got to it. I would it's love,
2: just a whole piece of
1: paper. But I need yep. to,
2: I need to go sit in the math class because I would love to
1: see this new math. They have strategies, Tybus. I, strategies. Stupidity in it's. Fine. There's
2: no way that it's changed that much in what am well, I? Well, maybe 20, not for you. Twenty nine. What was that? That was seventeen It's possible
1: that it hasn't changed that much for you. Maybe you were taught some of this stuff. This is it's garbage, bro. and I've never used any of it. <laughs> Y'all is upset. <laughs> just, yeah, it's brutal. Just it's ty- brutal. listen.
2: Just get your phone. You type it in on your phone, and that's it. So well, so feel. that's
1: the problem I'm though that you're bad. having is is for all of these kids on anything, they just ask Siri or ask Alexa. So that's, like, how do you? That's cheating. It is, but like, how do? You, what do you really need to know? We're dumber <laughs> than we've ever been because of these stupid things. Nobody knows anything. What if the phone didn't work? Do you have to figure it out? You do.
2: Oh God, but are we equipped to, to be end? able You're to, to do it? Go borrow mom and
3: dad's right. phone. Well, yeah.
2: And nowadays, that you when you go to school now, they let the kids walk around with the phones. And so I, they don't wear
1: our kid. They I can't they pull believe. pull them. It. Like you can't take them in into the, the classroom. You okay. can take them into the school, but you can't take them into the classroom. Okay. Um, but th- they should do something. To me, they should do something where you check it in at the beginning of the day and check it out at the end. I agree. There's no reason to have it. I, it's a distraction. How could it not be? It's a distraction. Oh, it's all it is. Ridiculous. The kids are not equipped for it. Maybe man. I'm just jealous. No, you're not. You're not. I see my kids it's no. Do you,
2: you wouldn't have liked to have your phone to be able to no. sit on it? Sit me on a the phone
1: desk. would have been a horrible idea. I just don't think I don't think anybody at that age is equipped for the amount of information that's on that thing. How to process it, what it means. Like they think, I have my oldest has one, and so I went through and, like, you know, did all the safe stuff, and you still end up with stuff that, hey, dad, what about this? Oh, God, I forgot about that app. Like, I mean, how much it never ends, and they're not able to process it.
2: Get them the Firefly phone like everybody else had. Get them a flip phone.
1: I love my flip phone. He had one of those, he had one of those, and was mocked mocked, openly mocked.
2: Do you tell him Yo, my phone would do everything your phone could do? It can call, text.
1: The biggest disappointment was he f- was doing stuff on like, his iPad. And then when he finally did get the phone, he's like, Well, Dad, this is the same stuff my iPad does. I'm like, Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. It's the same stuff. Same stuff, buddy. Mm. The great Bill Bender will join us coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland the Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850
0: ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: All right, welcome back into to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Time to head out on that Twisted Tea hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea, hard Ice tea, official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. We're joined by national writer for the Sporting News, great friend Bill Bender joining us. Bill, thank you so much for the time. Let's just start with with it is Super Bowl week um these two teams it's amazing in terms of what they accomplished they're almost mirrors of each other in terms of record points scored their routes to get to this point and yet they go about it in very very different ways what store what are you most looking forward to as this week plays out as we prepare for the Eagles and the Chiefs on Sunday
5: well I'm sure they're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes ankle a little bit right so we'll (laughs) see how he comes out uh you know if he what kind of playmaker he's going to be and not so much the throws because he can do that, but can he move side to side, extend plays against that Philadelphia pass rush. And then on the other side, um, Jalen Hurts. I mean, what a story and what a story for Nick Sirianni, the, the former Mount Union player and kind of Zach Jackson did a nice job digging into his history there. So um, there's a lot of good storylines that ought to be a really good game.
2: Bill, when I look at this Eagles team, like uh, some people think that the Eagles haven't played anybody to get to this point, and this will be their first test. What um, matchups are you looking for that Kansas City can take advantage of the Eagles with in the Super Bowl?
5: I mean, who's going to cover Travis Kelsey? Can anybody cover Travis Kelsey? I mean, in these first two playoff games, he's made so many big catches. And, you know, for the Philadelphia pass rush, all those guys like, – I think for the Chiefs, the key is who's going to get a hat on Hassan Reddick. I mean, I don't care who they were playing. They were playing the Giants and the 49ers. Those are NFL teams, and Hassan Reddick was an absolute game wrecker in both of those games. So, I mean, that's going to be a, another key in this game. And, you know, the other thing is who wins third down. These are the two best teams on third down, and a lot of that is with the quarterbacks and – you know, that's, you always hear coaches talking about the money down. I hate to oversimplify the game, but whoever wins those third and longs is probably going to win this game.
1: You know, you mentioned um, – you think of the big storylines of this. You mentioned Mahomes. One thing, if you follow a lot of college football like like you and I do, it, and, and certainly Tyvus does as well, uh, the Jalen Hurt story is one that is wildly fascinating and incredibly unique. And Sabin shared over the weekend that Jalen's preference was to go to Miami or Maryland – and Saban really pushed him to Oklahoma. Now, Jalen will be able to corroborate that or not this week. At some point, I'm guessing it's asked. And the reason for that was, hey, go to the place with the best quarterback coach. And he did. And he went to a place for quarterback finishing school. As you and I remember, I don't know how many NFL fans who don't follow college football closely remember, when he transferred out of Alabama, I mean, he he was benched at halftime of the national championship game, came back his junior year, and then coming out of his junior year was basically said, you may have to play safety. Or another position, because I don't know if you can play quarterback. And then he went to Oklahoma and became the number two pick in the Heisman. And then all of this has followed. This story, Bill, is a stunning example of perseverance, stick to it and, and following the right path to get to this. It's so improbable, Bill.
5: It's, it's one heck of an arc. And I was at the game where he was benched at halftime. And... He's was not having a good game, and and the remarkable part about revisionist history is there are people now. I was on a station down in Alabama a couple weeks ago that were questioning that decision, even though Alabama won the game. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because yeah, I mean, and, and it is a remarkable feat for Jalen Hurts to do what he did at Oklahoma to go to Philadelphia to answer the. Typical stereotypical criticisms of should he play receiver in the NFL when he said I'm a quarterback He's gone out and backed it up. It's been a phenomenal year for him this year
2: Bill, it's been a while. I don't know if ever has it been a three-peat in college And you know that Georgia's losing Stetson Bennett, you know, their offensive coordinator is flirting with the NFL Can they still get it done and find a way to to pull a three-peat next season?
5: No, I mean, they're going to be good. And, I mean, it starts at quarterback, though. And the the funny thing is, and and Bo and I always – and I've talked to you about this down in Columbus a lot, that the three teams that are built from a talent perspective to win the national championship on every single year, and that's Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, all three of them will be breaking in a new quarterback next year. So that adds to the intrigue for me because you could miss, theoretically. Georgia was able to do it with probably – the least dynamic NFL quarterback, but still, you got to give Stetson Bennett credit for all the things he did the last two years. So they have a serious question there, and Alabama and Ohio State do because they're replacing guys that are going to be expected to be franchise quarterbacks at the next level.
1: You know, Bill. One thing, our the, I mean, obviously we we do predominantly Browns here, but there's a ton of Buckeye crossover. And one thing that I thought was really interesting this week, uh, coming off of National Signing Day, was. Um, kind of the comments from Ryan Day and even more specifically Mark Pantone, who's their director of recruiting and basically their general manager. And some of the comments they made is, is hey, we're, we are not going to, if your interest is NIL as an inducement for signing, we're going to move off of that. And Pantone went on to say that, hey, we're going to recruit maybe more regionally and we're going to stay a little more local here uh, for the time being. It feels to me, Bill, like Ohio State is trying to thread a nearly impossible needle where they – compete with Alabama and Georgia at the very top of the sport while also not being all in on NIL the way some of those southern schools are can a buckeye nation be happy just beating Michigan again and winning the Big 10 is that it feels like they're trying to like kind of be on a treadmill for a little bit until there's guardrails on the sport to me
5: well that's a dangerous game because they were able to win national championship with Jim Trestle with that philosophy. You know, I, I think they had mostly Ohio kids and a couple, you know, five stars from around the country. And then Urban Meyer changed that with the way he recruited. He turned Ohio State into basically an SEC recruiting school. The yep. talent they were brought in. And I think the criticism in recent years though has been where are the Ohio kids. The kids that grew up in their living room with the the, the buckeyes on every single saturday so i think you got to try to find that balance and at the same time yes you're going to have to pay a lot in nil in the near future because those other schools down south they're not stopping anytime soon
1: well and the other thing is and this has been a big topic in the last couple of weeks is the nil collectives down there um it's, it's not really it's hard to figure out if you're a fan And you're saying, hey, I need you to sign a Netflix subscription for 50 bucks a month to contribute to this collective so that we can fund players and fans going, wait a second, I've already done that. I bought the tickets. I buy the sweatshirts. I support you in every way. Why are you coming to me for money? And the reality is it's because the collectives and the athletic department are both asking the same people for the same money. And it feels like trust is a real problem in Columbus at the moment. And it's not just there. But that's the one that we care about most. But I do think that there's a pretty big disconnect right now going in terms of where the sport is and where Ohio State wants to be in it.
5: I don't think fans should have to do that, though, right? If you pay for season tickets and then they're asking you for something extra, like that's the one thing with these collectives and NIL that doesn't sit all that well with me. And I thought the intent of this rule was. And I always use the the example of, you know, Riker, for example, down in Columbus. If you want to go do a commercial for the local dealership and get paid for that and get NIL appearance money for that, that's awesome. The way we're doing it now, just it, it it's like a non-guaranteed NFL contract, and it just doesn't seem like it's right, especially when you're reading these stories like about Jaden Rashada where NIL deals aren't coming through. That's not good for the sport.
2: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, let me take you to Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame lost their offensive coordinator to Alabama, which everybody pretty much can understand why. Uh, anybody that's been an offensive coordinator for Alabama has moved on to be a head coach or went to the NFL. Who do you expect Marcus Freeman to find? Because they did just get what Sam Hartman, I think his name is from um, where is he from? Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Yeah. So w- w- who do you w- think yeah. he's who do you think he's going out there to get to replace him as OC?
5: Well, somebody that can maximize Sam Hartman and that quarterback talent because he, he's an experienced player, wide open passing game. I don't know that Notre Dame's going to change everything that they do, but I mean, one of the things Tommy Rees was able to accomplish certainly after the Ohio State nearly start with losses to the Buckeyes and Marshall, they had a nice balance of a running game, and Drew Pine became pretty efficient there. Drew Pine isn't a superstar quarterback; they made him look pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I think it's whoever can maximize Hartman, and it'll be interesting to see. And as for Tommy Reeves, I mean, he's had a lot of successful coordinators, but it doesn't last very long, right? I mean, it, there's a shelf life of how long those Alabama offensive coordinators last.
1: Not long is the answer to it, and either you hit big and you're the coach at Ole Miss or Texas or you don't, and you're uh, next thing you know you're driving Saban's car to get it washed because we've seen that from those guys too. Let me get you out of here on this one. What is your favorite – thing about super bowl sunday uh, what do you look forward to the most every year when it comes around aside from the game
5: you know i was talking about this in columbus this morning and i my family was very much into super bowl squares it was a tradition i never i have never won in my life but every year you know you throw a couple bucks in and you and i are in that youth sports life where you're raising funds and all those kind of things for your team but i play them every year i never win my kids are getting into it and they never win, but uh, maybe that's the family tradition. I, I always enjoy looking at the numbers and seeing who will win.
1: Yeah, it's 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 always great. I, by the way, like just make Monday the holiday, right? We got to sort that out. It's ridiculous that you got to work yes. the day after the Super Bowl. Like that's too easy.
5: I agree. That should the kids are off school today down here. So I was hoping they would be off next Monday instead.
1: Yeah, that's the way to handle that. Bill, always good talking to you, buddy. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much. All right, that's our buddy Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Joining us on the Twisted T Hotline, brought to you by Twisted T Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Still so much more to come. Couple, we got to get your Super Bowl prediction out of Mr. Powell. Uh, we got some news out of the NFL, a retirement and a destination for Tom Brady. That's all coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Valley Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. <laughs>
0: Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Uh, a couple of newsmakers uh, this afternoon around the National Football League. Tom Brady saying on Colin Cowherd show that he will uh, not join the Fox broadcast until 2024, so he will take all of next year off and mm-hmm. then join for 2024. Um, That's good for him to prepare. And- my read on that is I don't know if he'll ever be like, number one broadcast guy really I'm wondering if he's looking for something more in line of what Manning does like a Omaha productions like Manning cast
2: I could see him in that role for yeah. sure yeah I he's because a, he's you, a you really guy. think
1: he wants to grind you like see,
2: Tony Romo's was he started, don't want to do it Tony Romo was here and now he's going down because yeah. he's not preparing so it's it's almost you got to prepare harder doing that than preparing for a game so yeah, yeah. Manning's just have fun with it. I mean, you just invite people over. Oh. Well,
1: I I love them, but I think I mean they do tell the same stories over and over mm. again. I do enjoy it though. Yeah. But I do wonder if if they'll rethink all of this because I don't know that anybody thought he would be back. That he would sit out a whole other year. What's so his, what's, are how sure. much you getting? Like three seventy over ten. Mm. But you have to remember, it's also what Fox is paying for is the association. Mm-hmm. They're paying for when their network does the upfronts with. Their adver- the people they want to do business with. Yeah. Tom Brady's there to shake hands. Gotcha. If you're Tom Brady, why
4: not come up with the exact same model the Mannings are doing, but just for Fox platforms? He could. He could do that.
1: He could absolutely do that. You get with two buddies and him and Gronk yep. could do it. Yep. Exactly. It'd be the same sale. thing. That would sail. And just do that as an alternate for the Fox game of the week. Have Olsen and whatever do the other thing and then him and Gronk do that. He could do some documentary stuff with them if he wants to. Yeah. He's not bound by anything. And I, th- I think the year off, to me, that's the first thing I read into it, was he might not want to be number one game day analyst all the time. Mm. Be my guess. Uh, the other news uh, of the day, A.J. Green officially retiring. The former Bengals great Georgia Bulldog receiver uh, retiring officially today. Finished his career in Arizona. He was a problem. He was. Coming into the
2: league, he was a problem. He was so skinny. I remember they was like, he got to take on a lot of protein shakes, and he ended up having an amazing career, obviously, with Cincinnati. Last year with uh, Arizona, he had a couple of moments. Mm-hmm. I think he had a game-winning <clears throat> touchdown against somebody. Could have can, been. can't remember, but yeah.
1: Him and um, – he was in the same draft class as Julio Jones. Uh, pretty good class. Yes. They they were byproducts of Randy Moss. Yeah. So Tall, Randy. Lanky fast. Randy Moss was the first guy that was 6-4 that was fast mm-hmm. that they kept him out wide. Normally if you find a 6-4 frame on a kid in high school you put weight on him you make him a tight end a defensive end. Yep. Randy was the first one that went out wide stayed fast. And what I saw when I was in the South at that time is those type of kids were influenced by Randy. Mm-hmm. And you started to see 6-4 receivers, 6-5 receivers and there was a flood of them for a decade. Yeah, that were those type of guys. And then what happened was they found guys like you, and they said, yep. you're going to play corner.
2: Shout out to Richard Sherman. Because we need
1: people who can cover those guys. <laughs> that was that was the thing. Like, Cromartie was that. Yep. Cromartie. It, Antonio Cromartie was 6'3". Yep. And the head coach at Tallahassee Lincoln told Cromartie, Cromartie played receiver, and the coach at Tallahassee Lincoln says, not with those hips. Mm. You need to play corner because they will pay you to cover the big receivers. Yep. And so that's how that happened. And now we got what? A.J. Green for us is big. Martin mm-hmm. Emerson is tall. Oh yeah, the new thing. Yeah, yeah, and so that's all of that is. I always think of that as like the Randy Moss influence. It's, it's a hell of an influence. Uh, all right. You got uh, two picks for us. Oh, yeah. Free agency. Go ahead. Two Who you got? free
2: agency picks. I'm going with, I'm a little biased because they play for Ohio State, but they are productive in the league. Draymond Jones, defensive mm-hmm. tackle, really young guy from Cleveland, went to Ignatius. So, obviously, he'll, it'll mean a lot more to him. He'll want to come here, and he's been effective this last season. And Paris Campbell, got that's a speedy guy. He's Battled injuries throughout his career, but last season was the first year he played 17 games. Very productive. Quarterback situation wasn't great, but still was productive there. And he's a guy that you know, with that 4-3 speed that he yeah. has, you throw him a little bubble or something like that, he can
1: get you six, seven, eight yards every time. People see Paris's size and they forget. Didn't he win state championship in the hurdles? Yes, he did. Yeah, he, or he or sprints. Or he might have sprints or hurdles. He, it
2: was sprints because hurdles
1: was 200. Uh, Denzel. Okay. So he won like the 200 at the state tournament, state track track. I I feel like he did. If
2: if that's not it, then it's flipped. Denzel, whatever he didn't win, Denzel
1: won. Yeah. They were both in that mix. Yeah. Who you got in the Super Bowl?
2: I'm going Philadelphia. I like Patty Mahomes, but I just think Philly is, they got too much. It's too much. They don't have no flaws
1: to me. Yeah. They've never had to chase. No. So we'll see if, if they get a, like, you know, Philly, you know, KC can chase. Yeah. We'll have to see if Philly can. They might not have to though. Probably not. Probably not have to if they play their way. This if, was fun, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's always fun you. with you, Uncle Bo. Always good to see you. My good friend Tybus Powell joining us here on the program. Uh, the next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.